From the Multiply family of churches, we are Behind Open Doors, a podcast designed to take you behind the scenes, discovering what it takes to multiply disciples, leaders, and new churches. We're located in the U.S., the Hampton Roads region of Virginia. Visit us at multiplythechurch.com. My name is Aaron Danini, Executive Director of the Multiply Family of Churches, and I'm here with John Slinker. Hey, hey. Director of Missions here at Multiply. Good to be back in the saddle with you, partner. Yes, sir. All right. Well, today, uh, we want to start with some victories and celebrations. So each staff meeting that I happen to lead, uh, we sit in the room, and uh, we'd like to go around the room and just begin on some up notes, as it were. So uh, one of the places we, we are, we say we want to brag on the Lord, right? Yeah. And uh, share some victories. Key. Yeah, yeah, in a not, major key. Right? Yeah, Start not, off in the major. Yeah. We're in C right now, the happiest of okay. all keys. And uh, we just want to share some victories in our lives and ministry and uh, celebrate what God has done. So, John, what do we start with here to celebrate on this episode? Yeah, man. I, so we talked about it one of the first episodes. I, I turned my papers in. All my credits are done. I graduated from seminary. I'm Hallelujah. pretty stoked. We had 14, 15 people staying in a Verbo. Uh, we <laughs> yes. saved money by doing it that way, actually. And it That's was a great. mansion. And we just had great community and uh, just very blessed that, that we were able to celebrate together. Me and another uh, really good friend of mine, uh, one of my best buds, um, we graduated same day, same place, and we had all his family, all my family there. And then the second we got back, uh, Lauren, my wife, who's the head of school for Ocean View Christian Academy, um, man, she's been working for some years with a team to get the school accredited, and it's uh, finally been 100% approved, recommended. And yes. I don't know if you know, she got an email yesterday, the board voted it's complete. It's, complete. it's done. done. Yes. It's for real. It's happened. Wow. And uh, I asked her if I could share this today. And she said, yeah, it'll come out in two weeks. You're, yeah. you're fine to Perfect. share it. So we're good. We're, we're celebrating huge. Man, that's so good. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's done, man. That is amazing. That's yeah. a five-year landmark and milestone that, yeah. Uh, yeah, we're just praising the Lord for. Yeah. Amen. If I can jump in on your celebrations here, I just want to shout out and just Please, uh, praise, praise Lauren a little bit because... You know, she came here five years ago, and one of the big goals was to get us towards accreditation. So mm-hmm. we did the NAPS one, which was kind of easy, you know, yeah, the front first end year. of that first year. And yeah. uh, but then um, doing this one with CSI has been uh, it's been huge. It's yeah. it's amazing to get that external affirmation that you're doing a good oh. job and you've done the right things. You know right. what I'm saying? And yep. Uh, yep. Um, and she did everything she she needed to do to lead us to that point. And yep. of course, I don't know if listeners know this, but she's going to be moving on to uh, a, a new gig elsewhere. Yeah. Uh, we've got a new leadership team in place. Um, but man, she accomplished exactly what she needed to accomplish. So shout yeah. out. LC is what I call her. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, um, no offense taken. Yeah. That's yeah fine. Sorry. Uh, maiden name, <laughs> maiden. whatever. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> shout out to her. I'm um, just so thankful uh, for her leadership there. So yeah. Um, yeah. I'll jump on your celebrations and celebrate with you. Word. Way to go, babe. <laughs> nice. So um, we will uh, we will continue with celebrations here um, with my bride. And All right. my rib. Look at this. Um, we like to call her. I like to call her sometimes. Um, you know, that was Martin Luther's nickname for his wife. Really? Was, Did, was he like, hey, rib. Hey, rib. <laughs> Yo, rib. Was that how Luther said it? Yeah, maybe rib like was an acronym for something okay. in German. I don't know. 
But, uh, man, we get to go away uh, like one time a year uh, to do a little retreat with just me and her. Yes. And um, so I'm super excited. Um, you don't want to take the kids that. all the time? Absolutely not. All five? Absolutely not. Okay. Um, Good for you. you no. Know, in fact, maybe me more than her, but I would yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I do this a few times a year without the kids. Right. Um, right. But uh, I love my kids. But sometimes it's, I love to get away from them as well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, just getting away with her is just such a such a joy. Um, we didn't do this hardly at all. I think the first time we ever did this was in 2012. We flew down to the SBC convention in New Orleans mm. and had some fun there. Um, but uh, it, but there's only been a handful of times since then, you know. And yeah. so I just, I we just some, found the importance of doing it. It's important. That's good. Yeah, I got some date ideas that are a little better than the SBC convention for you. For- <laughs> Uh, oh. In New Orleans, though, like, like we got to eat on <laughs> Bourbon Street, and we got to have some fun down there. That's right. That's right. We I'm got to make it. fun of pastors. Dude, we were literally sitting in Cafe <laughs> Dumont, and uh, and we had it was like point out the pastor game. It was Look. like sit there and just just eat beignets and drink coffee mm. and mm. point at the guys who were wearing polos tucked into their jeans with white sneakers on anybody that, that looks or resembles <laughs> david platt a little bit <laughs> yeah. yeah it was crazy love uh, love david platt anyway it yeah. was a lot of fun that's great that's a good game <laughs> that's a good game it was uh these guys were a little bit thicker than david platt they had a little bit more belly on yeah them. well that's another did. telltale yeah telltale sign exactly exactly <laughs> so um that's definitely one i think just i think both of us would say one of the celebrations this this season of uniting with our multi-church organization just energizes me like mm-hmm. um you know i admit there's a lot of other times of year where maybe this could probably fit a little bit better in the flow of things um but like it's like a great cap off to the end of spring heading into summer mm-hmm. um we celebrate on pentecost which is what we kind of identified as that's the day like yeah. we need to do this every year on pentecost because um that's just the uh, an important day in the church calendar, and so let's make it important again, you know, because yeah. it gets passed over a lot of, no pun intended there, Passover, but yeah, you get the idea. Um, totally went over my head. Right, sorry. No, <laughs> I had to point that out for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but this this season of unity is a great, great opportunity to get familiar faces back together again um, in prayer meetings and uh, leader meetings and different gatherings. And man, it just, it just fills me up. So um, celebrate that too. Uh, yeah. It's exciting. Likewise. So these are the kind of things that, you know, um, we want to start the show with to today anyway, just to lead with a grateful heart toward the Lord, you know, yep. um, he's good. He's done great things and there's a lot of bad things going on in the world. Um, we've just, heard about a, a school shooting that happened um, again, and it's just like, mm-hmm. when in the world is this going to end? You're just yeah. like, Lord, come quickly, you know? Yes. Um, but but we also know that uh, that He is good, and um, and that He's... He's done great things, and yeah. um, and we have we have a lot of work to do. The brokenness that happens all around us mm-hmm. is more and more evidence of the need for Jesus in our world, right? Yep. And yep. Uh, that's why we do what we do. That's yep. why we're here. That's why we've been called to what we've been called to, and um, and we don't take that lightly. Yeah. Uh, He's our joy in the midst of the brokenness. Yeah. yeah, and that's the you know the whole posture of sorrowful yet always rejoicing, right? That is the life of the Christian, you know, like. You always feel, at least, I don't know, the more I uh, grow into the image of Christ as I try to, you know, be more and more sanctified, I, I, the more sad I become, and it's more of a reflection of the world 
around me and the things that have happened to me throughout the years as it kind of compiles. But at the same time, I'm joyful. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, yeah. uh, and it's, it's hard. Like you, you wake up weary sometimes. Um, and sometimes you don't. Um, right. And I guess what I'm saying is even as a pastor to say like, that's, that's normal. Like, I don't feel any kind of way about that. I don't feel like I'm unhealthy because of that. I just think that's how it is on this side of eternity. Yes. You know what I mean, it's 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 trading our our burdens, our yoke that is heavy for His that is light, and um, letting Him letting Him lead, and and I think ultimately trusting that He is still in control even in the midst of all the chaos yeah. that seems like is the world today. It's my faith in Him. That he's on, he's got everything under control. Yeah. Uh, don't understand, you know, all the brokenness, but um, he is bringing that shattered image back into full view. Yeah, and uh, and I trust that. So yeah, Amen. we don't have to wake up every morning uh, and stay sorrowful. Yeah, or even be sorrowful. Yeah, I, um, yeah, that's amazing. I've I've said several times uh, to our people that. Uh, it's okay. It's okay to be where you are, but it's not okay to stay there, mm. right? <laughs> like, it's okay to be where you are. You're sad today. That's okay, but it's not okay to stay there. It's not okay yep. to to remain there, you know, because we're supposed to remain or abide um, in the vine, and um, and that takes some intentional pursuit, which is a little bit what we're talking about today. Um, this yes. this topic of leading self um, or leading yourself, and what does that look like? Um, so. We're gonna. We talk a lot about organizational leadership. At least I do, because I just. It's just um, the. It's something that gives me life. I enjoy seeing things run in a healthy way, um, organizationally. Uh, we talk about pastoral leadership and even ministerial leadership, um, but underlying all of this is well, you. Mm-hmm. And and what does you leadership or self leadership look like? Yeah. It's any leadership in any form or fashion in any sphere. Uh, I I could think of more alliteration for you if you like, but we'll stay there. (laughs) Uh, It it begins with uh, intentionality and consistency. Like good leaders, and and when you lead yourself, you, you recognize, hey, I had a really good day today because I was intentional with my time and my energy and I was consistent. And when you can uh, string days and weeks and months and years together, and you can grow in that, then people rely on you. And be, and, and ultimately, you know that you can rely on you. And so it, healthy leadership really begins not, not just with intentionality and consistency, but by knowing yourself in order to lead yourself. Um, the core of, of who you are as a leader, who, who's leading yourself, in order that we might be able to lead others is a mixture of a skill set of emotional intelligence of your understanding of your wiring and we're so as as leaders we're always holding up the mirror to ourselves and to others asking do you know what it's like to be on the other side of you hmm. Hmm. i'm letting this sink in a minute so I'm, i i think that's a great question it's been asked of me before um, and I was like, no, I don't, and I don't care. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yep, yep. Go, um, lead, no, so, go that, lead someone else. Right. I'm not, yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. yeah, but that's that's kind of our our gut reactions. Like, nah, I don't I don't know that I know that. I have no. How idea. do I know that? Yeah. What do, how do you know? But obviously, we'll talk about some steps well, to getting to know that. Um, we all yeah. have blind spots. Yeah. Right. right. And that's yeah. the the reality is, in order to become a leader, you have to be self aware and you have to know your blind spots. You got to know what you're weak in. You got to know what you're strong in. And we, I just said skill sets, emotional intelligence, understanding your wiring, mm-hmm. um, personality, um, you know, characteristics and, and maybe some uh, areas in, that we need to grow in. But we, because we all have, in some sense, broccoli in our teeth that we don't know about, we need somebody to help us or we need to identify, hey, where is it? What is it? We need to get in front of the mirror. We need to hold the mirror up to ourselves, right? And yeah. then we need to have other people that we trust be willing to hold the mirror up to you and say, hey, bro, you got some broccoli in your teeth. You need to dig that stuff out right now. That's <laughs> such good imagery. I appreciate that. Amen. I, I just got a picture of myself with broccoli. You know that, uh, you remember the old uh, Ace Ventura? Um, <laughs> they, Do I have something in my teeth? And he's got like, As- asparagus. <laughs> yep. yep. Yeah, just like. Good pull. <laughs> Um, Yes, I think it's worth clarifying, by the way, um, because I've heard you say the term as a leader or you as a leader. And what we're talking about, particularly in this episode, is you as a leader of you. Right. Yes. Um, yes. So it's That's yes, the focus. Yes. Leading others. Yes. Leading teams. You know, mm-hmm. we can have other discussions about that. And, um, you know, we're equipping at OV, we're equipping our small group leaders uh, with a great couple of books by one by Mac Lake. Mm-hmm. called Leading Others, and um, they're going to be working through that in the summer with some peer-to-peer coaching and doing some great stuff with that. And then our ministry leaders are going to be working on uh, working on one called Leading Leaders. Um, and the call has been to kind of call them up, to elevate to this space of, of let's not just be lead, called leaders that go and do everything. Let's actually lead leaders to do the things, right? Fantastic. And, um, and it's another, yeah, Mac Lake is great with these um, kind of, uh, what's he called, multiplying pipeline kind of conversations and um, and great resources. But today we're not talking about that. We're not talking about no. leading others or leading leaders. We're talking about you. Myself. Leading you. How, do I, um, how do I lead myself? And be the best me, the most healthy me that me can be. Um, in the army. In the army or the navy, uh, yeah, whatever it ends up Sorry. being. Sorry. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I think... Um, I I really do believe that uh, that aspect of <clears throat> leading self um, is something that we can grow in. Um, we can grow as leaders in other areas of leadership. We can certainly grow in areas of leading ourselves. We can also atrophy <laughs> in mm-hmm. in the ways of leading ourselves. Right? We right. can. Um, we can fall off the wagon, as it were, a little bit because we're not paying attention to ourselves. Yeah, it's that first mixture, that first ingredient in this leading yourself mixture, if you will, of skill set. What am I good at? What do I enjoy? Um, and what resources do I have at my disposal to learn more about myself, to understand my emotional intelligence, to understand how I'm wired? And that, that, those resources are out there, um, and there's people out there, and we've got some even on our Multiply um, the church.com website in the toolkit. Yes, indeed. Toolbox. 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 We have tool, tool belt, toolbox, and tool shed. Yep. Right? 
Yep. Tool belt is like you stashing up the most used things, right? Yeah. Toolbox is the things you need to ask somebody. I know there's something out there that could help me out. Um, it must be in the toolbox, right? And the tool shed is like, man, I need to go a little bit deeper. I need, and I know it's in here somewhere. Find a um, specific you know, tool. Have you ever gone into somebody else's garage looking for a tool? I, I, I've done that with my dad's, which is a little easier because I kind of knew it growing up. Um, but then you go into somebody else's house that's like not from your normal family mm-hmm. and like uh, go into their garage and try to find a tool. Yep. And you're like, yep. where would he keep the socket? Wrench? That's me going into my garage every time. <laughs> <laughs> where did I put the socket? <laughs> I've got two toolboxes, bro. Yeah. And uh, no, I keep them separate. One's one's for just the house. One's for auto. Uh, yeah. My dad gave me one as he was moving, and nice. uh, they were moving. And um, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I love it because the ADD part of me <laughs> loves to go into other people's uh, garages and just see what kind of fun toys they have. Yeah, man, yeah. I wish I had that. Right, that kind of right, deal. Yeah. Right. It's over here. No, it's over there. It's over here. <laughs> I'm still looking, man. What is your like? What is your the the tool that you own that you're most proud of. Oh. Dang. Um uh I got a I have a really big car jack okay. now that um that just makes the job so much easier. So if I were to come in your garage and you were to say, dude, check this out, that's what you would show me? I'd probably show you the toolbox with all my cool stickers on it. Okay. No, I'm joking. I don't know. <laughs> I'd better the, be a behind open door sticker. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Not yet, actually. Bunch of multiply stuff. Um, nice. Yeah, I'd, that's a good question. That's a good question. I've got maybe a breaker bar. You know, like I'm really <laughs> big giant, the, like just giant metal pipe. pipe. <laughs> just multiple, multi-purpose tool right there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right, that's nice. Uh, keep that thing in the trunk. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. I, uh, I recently, um, just purchased the, um, the Dewalt impact wrench, the 20 volt impact oh, wrench, jealous. the big one. And yep. Oh my goodness. It is yep. a game changer. I can literally rotate my tires in 20 minutes. And when before you're literally taking a breaker mm-hmm. bar and, you know, right. reefing it off and like right. spinning off the lugs. And this thing is like, I feel like a NASCAR pit crew yep. person yep. <laughs> and, uh, and so, I act like it too. Okay. Quick story. <laughs> uh, somebody from, from OV was helping me change my tires or fix a flat or something. And I was in his driveway. This is a neighbor. He's a you know, long time church member, great, great older man in the faith that at our, uh, one of our churches. And I had to go on, well, we were going on vacation that next week and halfway through the mountains, we were almost to our destination halfway through the mountains. Like I just heard this really bad squealing and I was like, Oh, my ball bearings going out. Like is, is the dust plate rubbing on the rotors? You know, what's going on? And uh, I, I, I pull into this shop, and I've worked on cars. We talked about this a little bit right. previously. We're doing a car episode at some point. Yeah, right? yeah. maybe now. And um, <laughs> half. And so long story short, I pull in, and this guy, I was like, hey, man, I've got this wheel. It's just, you know, some crazy noise. And he, he looks at it. He's like, yeah, you're, you're losing lug nuts, man. Like, your wheel's about to fall off oh 100%. My like, through the mountains. <laughs> This is when we had Gandala with us. Oh my God. Yeah, don't tell his parents. 
I was, but it's because we used this old guy's impact wrench to put the wheel back on. Yeah. And I never checked it after that because I was like, oh, this dude's, you know, been a mechanic for how many years or whatever. Right. And it's just, no, it's, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yep. man. Anyways. I do end up hand tightening, by the way. I get I it to the too. end and I hand tighten just to check because yep. I still have that feel, you know. Smart. So. Smart. <laughs> All right. yep. I guess we should probably get back to this. Um, so we were talking about skill set when it comes to um, yourself, leading yourself, that mixture of skill set, emotional intelligence, and just kind of your understanding of your own wiring. Mm-hmm. Um, so you talked about skill set. What are you good at? What do you enjoy? And finding those things out I think is an important uh, to know yourself well, right? Yeah. And there are some really practical tools that we've got if you want to reach out. Yeah, for sure. Um, some, the next step there really is, we mentioned this in the second episode, I think Pastor Jordan mentioned mm-hmm. the, the EQ, the emotional quotient or uh, emotional intelligence as it's also known by. Um, back in the day, the measurement of one's intelligence was also, was always IQ. And um, you <laughs> I just think of that Seinfeld episode when uh, Eileen takes the IQ test for George and he's like, what was the score? (laughs) She said, what was the score? And he goes, 85. (laughs) (laughs) And it was Uh, like just the whole big thing in the 90s was the IQ. You got to have a high IQ and Mm. all these kind of things. Right. Mm. And now today it's you. It's not just IQ. That's just that's intellect. Right. It's also EQ. So IQ plus. Plus EQ equals success. I saw one graphic when I was doing my research that okay. said that, right? So right. IQ plus EQ, you got to have both to be uh, ultimately successful, in this case, the business world. But in our case, um, even in the spiritual world, there's a level of emotional intelligence um, that needs to be had by you, not just as a leader, but as one who is trying to grow in leading oneself, mm-hmm. um, must grow also in emotional intelligence. So, so there's, there's five aspects of this that... Um, if you just con, you know consider uh, the image of a pentagon, right? Each point has uh, has a piece uh, to this, and I'll I'll run down all five, and then we'll go back and explain them. And um, so this might be hard if you're listening, but if you're if you're listening and able to take notes, and this is a great time to take some notes. So here's some aspects of here are the five aspects of emotional intelligence. The first is self awareness. All right, self awareness. We'll talk more about that. Motivation. Uh, that's like another word might be your drivenness or driven, right? Uh, empathy is the third one. Social skills is the fourth and self-regulation. That's really like self-control more than Mm -hmm. anything, but all right. So those, we'll try to, um, take what's been explained from a more business or what, you know, you might say secular kind of mindset and we'll try to apply it more in a spiritual mindset because I think that's helpful. Um, and I'm sure it's been done elsewhere, but you know, um, maybe we do it better, you know, hey, here um, at the Bod Pod. Yeah. All right. It's possible. So, um, so let's start with self-awareness. Maybe that's uh, something we need to grow in okay. about our podcast here is about self-awareness. I don't know. Um, but self-awareness uh, in the emotional intelligence uh, realm uh, is really just being able to recognize um, for yourself uh, who you truly are, okay? And, um, and uh, Craig Rochelle says, the greatest gift you can give yourself is honesty. You will never be able to lead yourself as long as you lie to yourself, 
All right. So there's got to be some self-awareness, some growth and self-awareness here. Mm. Um, so you might have uh, potential triggers that people uh, say or do that maybe pull you back to a space in life that wasn't healthy or make you react in an angry kind of way. Um, and you need to know that and you need to know what those triggers are. And um, instead of reacting immediately, um, take a breath and uh, and pull yourself back a little bit and recognize those things. Um, and doing that on the spot is what is uh, what is most difficult uh, in the heat of emotion or, or even passion, like yeah. you, you, you pull back, um, and, and pause before you speak. Right. And, uh, that's, uh, that is definitely an aspect of, of self-awareness. Yep. One, one practical tool that I've, uh, gone through recently is a tendency log <clears throat> and I've created different scenarios where, um, I have allowed myself to, um, act in a way uh, that I just don't like. And so I will go back and in this spreadsheet, I'll have this scenario. And then what's my tendency to, to, to say or act in this scenario? What are, what are the consequences, positive or negative, by how my tendencies are in these scenarios? And then after that, so it goes tendency, actions, consequences, and then realities. Right. So my tendencies, my habits, my um, yeah, my habits, they ultimately end up becoming my reality. Right. So I've started logging like, hey, what are some what are some of my tendencies that I need to be aware of so that I can be active and proactive about changing those instead of being accidental? I want to be intentional about these, not accidental. Yeah. And, and so what you're saying is about understanding my strengths, my, my weaknesses, my tendencies, um, you got to be humble to sit there and be honest with yourself as far as like, Hey, what is, what do you, what's it like to be on the other side of you right. in these moments? Um, am I, am I helping, uh, others or am I helping just myself? Yeah, I, I think that's important. And I, I want to say this again, you, you, you said it a second ago, but identifying your strengths, um, or your gifts, whatever you want to call it, um, is so is really important is a really important part of becoming more self-aware mm -hmm. because when you know what you're good at you don't have to be you know the prideful jerk about it right uh, but with humility learning what you're good at being okay with what you're good at what god has gifted you mm -hmm. for and uh and leaning into that for the sake of others we would say yes. as christians yes. right like that's it's love. not just growing in self-awareness for you to be your best self no it's that's a piece of it like yeah. we have to take care of ourselves in order to take care of others 100%. but it's growing in that self-awareness so that you can um be healthy for the people around you as well what and i would say most especially if you are married, um, being the best you, the most healthy you, you can be for your spouse. Um, because when they're not the most healthy, <laughs> then, then you have to be the healthy one and, yes. and it plays off of each other in different seasons. Right. And though, though today's episode is on self, all of that is implied yeah. that the, the motivating point. factor of leading yourself is so that you can be someone who is a leader that's, that others want to follow, not have to follow. Yeah, and I think another aspect of this is is what requires humility is you seeing your own limitations <laughs> and you recognizing, um, yeah, I can't, 
throw the ball over them mountains like I could in 82, right? <laughs> like I just can't do that anymore. Uh, yeah. That's another, that's a little Napoleon Dynamite reference All right. there, Uncle Rico. Um, but yeah, just knowing your own limitations requires some humility, right? To say, ah, I'm, I am not good in that area or um, I can't. I, I, that's not an area that I want to really dabble in because um, I just I just know that uh, you know it, I'm setting myself up for failure potentially yep. you know and yep. so just being aware of what you are what your strengths are but also what your limitations are um, I could talk we could do a whole episode on self awareness in fact there's a great book I'll put in the in the references here um, called the self aware leader um, by Terry Linhart. Um, it's, uh, it's discovering and building or discovering your blind spots to reach your ministry potential. Um, so it is a, definitely a leader in ministry oriented book, but it's super helpful just to, again, kind of hold the mirror up to yourself as you're, as you're looking through a, mm-hmm. a resource like mm-hmm. that. And, and this, is, we also need to say, this is implied that this is for, uh, husbands. This is for wives, mothers, teenagers. Uh, we all have circles of influence that people need us to know ourselves, lead ourselves so that we can be Christ to others and lead them as well. Yeah, absolutely. So that's self-awareness. Um, there's a lot more to that, like we said, but there's a lot of great resources to talk about in that. Um, the next one is motivation. The next aspect of emotional intelligence is motivation. In this case, um, we want to be driven towards healthy growth. Um, and it's it's really, it's growth of self. Um, and again, we would say self in Christ, and that's kind of implied, but I need to say it out loud again, not in pursuit of like rewards. Okay. In other words, I'm not driven towards healthy growth so that I receive something in return, right? It's driven towards healthy growth because Christ requires that of me in my sanctification, right? I think that's kind of the Christian response or Christian, um, uh, ethic that's kind of dribbled into this is understanding that my drivenness uh, and my motivation is not just because I have a, I have a driven personality or I have, um, you know, some sort of uh, external motivation that drives me towards this because this happened in my life previously. I don't know, but it's more about, uh, again, driven towards healthy growth because of who Christ has called me to be yes. as a healthy person and eventually, hopefully, a healthy leader as yes. well. Yes, yeah, it's, it's not unhealthy, selfish ambition. Correct, yeah. Exactly. What about empathy? Empathy is the third one. Um, empathy is, I believe it's primarily understanding someone's point of view, um, understanding the other side of the story, as it were. Um, it's really, really difficult to be in a conflict, conflict resolution setting and to be a mediator, right? Um, and to be able to see one side that is like, okay, I, I could have done that wrong, and I, I see where where we can imp- improve here. Mm-hmm. And then the other side to say, well, I didn't do anything wrong, and, I mean, I stand by what I said. you know. And it's like, okay, one side has empathy, and the other side is, I don't know, holding on to some sort of, Pride or something, or just uh, self-preservation. Self-preservation. Yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't know. But yeah, empathy. Lack of humility. Yeah, empathy, compassion. Um, empathetic people are 
usually more slow to judge Mm -hmm. others as well on, on much of anything, you know, and, uh, um, just, (laughs) I feel like I'm, I'm always the guy that's in the middle here. Um, I have a, believe it or not, I might be kind of rough around the edges, but I have a pretty empathetic approach towards people. Yes. And, um, and so when somebody has something, uh, fairly, um, direct or even kind of drastic that they might be saying about a person, I might, I'm the one that's going to say, well, are you sure you understand everything that that person is going through? Like, why are they acting that way? Right. Isn't it be, don't, maybe it's because this has happened or this is, you know what I'm saying? So like, yep. I'm, I'm always that guy probably in to the annoyance of a lot of people, but, um, but I, to me, it's something I value high in my own, I guess, kind of self values in my life yeah, is uh, empathy is a big deal um, mm-hmm. for me. And it gives you, it, it, it also, <clears throat> It also aligns your heart with compassion for the hurting too, I think, you know, and so I'm almost always going to side towards the people who are wronged or hurt or oppressed in a scenario. Again, whether it's conflict resolution or whether it's just reading in the scriptures and seeing a story of uh, the people of Israel or whether it's, um, uh, you know, I, I, I literally, when I saw the news come across about this school shooting that happened in Texas, I, I couldn't look at it. Yeah. Like I've, I'm so sick of seeing these things. I just, I didn't, I heard about it from somebody and I didn't look it up mm-hmm. because I just, I couldn't go there at that point emotionally in the day. And I needed to pull back a little bit from it. You so know what I mean? let's, let's come back to that point in the last one. We've got social skills and self-regulation because that's a part of what I'm hearing you do is self-regulating. Okay. Because we and and we'll I'll bring that back up with something we've talked about previously as well. Sure. Yeah. All right. So let's go to social skills. Um, this is pretty easy. I mean, just this is kindergarten, right? Um, you learn this back in the back for, in grade for, school for most people. <laughs> for most, people. it's supposed to be in kindergarten. Yeah. Right. Just working well with others. Right. Yeah. Um, in all in all seriousness, um, if you uh, if you grew up playing sports, you probably have a little bit better edge on the social skills than other people do because you got to work you got to work on a team in sports to make something happen together yeah somebody's always dropping the ball or throwing it out of bounds or dribbling off their foot or something and you just you got to still try to encourage them yeah and smack them on the buttons i get them next time let's go that's right got to play defense now you know um absolutely um so team leadership conversation and conflict resolution is a part of social skills. Um, again, kind of, I, I think that Christians should always be great mediators in conflict resolution. Um, we should be able to be able to see, um, you know, when a person is wronged or when a person needs to, conf- needs to confront and needs somebody to help them do that. Um, the Matthew 18 kind of approach of calling out sin and another believer and bringing a witness with you. Like that is a part of our ethos as Christians. Mm-hmm. And I, so I think we don't all necessarily have to be great at it, but we should all be growing in it. Um, I well think, said. Uh, uh, I think it's important. So another, so some other um, uh, really practical aspects of this, what we call active listening. Um, have you ever been talking to somebody and you're they're looking you in the eye and then they're not and then they're looking at something else or then they get out their phone or something while you're talking and you're like okay i'm done with you i'm i don't want to talk to you anymore right um i just that drives me insane yeah 
Active listening is eye contact, verbal affirmations, body language. All of those things are a piece of actual real conversation. Okay. That is important. Real time example. Okay. The last five years I've noticed when we'd be in the cafe after a gathering, um, I'd be talking with somebody and then 30 other people walk by and they wave at me and I feel like I would be offending them if I didn't respond to them. And so I would just respond to everybody. But then like nobody told me this, I had to become self-aware of this on my own. I realized one day that I'm probably just not present in the moment with this person at all. And I'm, I'm more concerned about everybody walking by and making sure that I'm saying hi to everybody. So if I've done that to you, I apologize. But um, growing in self-awareness in social skills and social settings, like something as easy as when I've got somebody right in front of me, you get 100% of my attention. Yeah. Yeah, it is important. And that you're right. That is frustrating and, and difficult on a Sunday morning because... Hang on, I got a text. That it, <laughs> You got me for a second. I was like, are you serious right now? That was, that was my gut reaction. Uh, that's good. That's good. I Come told on. You, I told you it bothers me. So you were saying, you were saying, no, you've totally now. forgotten. Uh, no, no, seriously. On a Sunday morning, um, when there's a lot of people involved, again, passing you by or whatever, yeah, you, you want to be as present as you can with that one person. Yes. yes. But, but what happens when the one person you're being present with is not self-aware and all they want to do is talk to you? the entire time and take up all of your time. What do you do then? <laughs> Very politely. Is, are we really playing this Let's game? Let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, uh, I'm giving away my secrets here, man. Oh, okay. uh, how do I now get out of rough conversations? I'm joking. Only not, the people that want to really. grow in these areas are we all, to So this, everybody right? gets in these. Do, okay, here's the thing. How many of these people... This is how... this. Uh, okay. I, I can I can toot my own horn a little bit because I'm also being a little self-deprecating. Um, as a leader, I'm trying to be a leader and ask the question: How many times am I that person, right? In a in a conversation where I'm the guy that is talking about something that somebody else cares zero about, and so that's yeah. I try to be aware of that, so I'm not that person, but I'm sure it happens. And um, what I do is I just try to, um, you know, shake their hand, give them a hug, tell them it was great seeing them and, um, ask how I can pray for them. Um, and typically, you know, I'll, a really good one, um, is, is just care for them, pray for them. And then say, I've, I've got to go talk to somebody else or I've got to, you know, I've got to go catch up with, with somebody or I've got this on my schedule. I need to run is great. What? what? Great chat. What's that? You need me? All right. Yeah. I'll be right there. <laughs> One of those kind of yeah. things. Yeah. Or I just tell them my kids are calling me. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I got to put my kid to bed. Nice. I'm getting a text. I've got no kids. <laughs> <laughs> oh yep. goodness. Um, all right. Let's not give too many of our secrets away, but no, seriously. Oh, you don't get to share it. How was no, that? No, How was my response? Was no, that okay? it was, it was good. Yeah. I think it is. It's, it's like true. a six out of 10, maybe in on, in honest, in all honesty, if, <laughs> if we are a family at the gathering and with our church people, um, should we not be able to say to one another, Hey, 
I need to go to talk to that person right there. Mm-hmm. There, in, in my case, it's a lot. It's this is what a lot of it is. That person over there is new, and I need to go touch base with them. So I appreciate this. Let's so have this times. conversation uh, either after service or maybe sometime during the yep. week. But I need to go talk to them. And almost yep. every time, the person's like, "Oh, okay, yeah, that makes total hundred percent." You know. Um, I, I make it my goal for Sunday morning most of the time to be a pursuit of newer people. Yeah. Um, and just to make them feel more at home, you know, and, uh, and I think that's okay. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, I think other people understand that I've done that multiple times as well. Hey, I see somebody I've never seen before. I think they're new. I'm going to have to break off, but let's catch back up and, and. Yeah. With the right person, it could be, why don't you come meet them with me? Let's go meet them together. You Always. know, uh, yep. that's, that's a good thing to do. Yeah, that's good. Uh, last one. So we just did social skills. So we've did, we've done self-awareness, motivation, empathy, social skills, and now self-regulation, uh, which I think could also be called self-control. So this is where um, your emotional reactions are in proportion to those given circumstances that you're in, all right? So your emotional reactions are under control. You're controlling your impulses. Um, you might, in a you know kind of more idiomatic way to say it, was you think before you act, right? Um, people who are good with self-regulation tend to ease tension and manage conflict well and adapt to change as well. Um, easing tension in a room, like, you know, those people that just kind of walk into the room and maybe the room felt a little tense, but so that person walks in and you look at them and you're like, everything just kind of levels out, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, oh, okay, we're mm-hmm. good. Everything's good now. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not just because that person is here. It's because what that person brings to the room yes. is here, you yes. know, and, um, that can't be undervalued in a, especially in a church setting when you're with a lot of people. Um, cause it's weird, man. There's, I, I have this weird sense about me sometimes on Sunday mornings where, uh, I'll, maybe I'll be in the cafe and I'll come into the room before service starts for, for our church. And, uh, and I, I can almost feel the room. Like is the room, uh, is it is it tense? Is it um, is it joyful? Are people talking and laughing, and uh, or are people just kind of stone faced and like not ready to worship yet? Um, and so it, it's it's a weird thing because sometimes in the past I've it's allowed me to be affected in my delivery of of preaching or whatever because I'm more concerned about what's going on in the room sometimes than I am about what's in front of me with the text or something mm. like that. So that's, that's affected me in the past. Mm. Um, it doesn't affect me as much as it used to, but, but sometimes I know, <laughs> I know when I come up to the stage, if I'm going to be the one preaching that day, um, that I've got to turn the room immediately, especially if like worship was down or whatever, I almost have to jump up there and have energy right away, which is not me, by the mm. way, I would rather like slow on ramp into a message and get, excited towards the middle or end of the message, you know, when we get to the gospel portion. Mm. Uh, but if I got to bring energy right away, I got to level up the room mm. and, um, and, and kind of ease the tension that's there. Well, Sometimes I'll just call it out too. I'll just say, Hey, what's going on today, guys? Yeah, you know, and, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. that's, that's again, in I a think, big, big setting, but I think it's important to notice those things. So for, for others, the, that would hear that and they don't necessarily know your heart. Yeah. Um, 
you you also agree, and even more so agree, I believe. And let me just ask it so you can justify and and make good. There's there's definitely sometimes when you will walk into the worship center and you'll take note and you uh, identify, hey, this is kind of the spirit or the the ambiance of the people, and maybe you know. So you're checking what the Holy Spirit is doing and definitely also like depending on what the text is that morning or what yeah. the thrust of the 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 main message of the songs because I know you guys do really well at keeping a you know a focused approach on a on a certain topic or passage um but if it's if it's a topic that's about joy and celebration and everybody's down that's definitely a time you'll want to try to raise them up to the to the point of the passage other times it's okay that the 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 body is a little bit uh somber yeah. or something maybe the holy spirit's up to something in that moment and we're just trying to make sure that you know we're we're preaching the word and matching what uh what the holy spirit's trying to do in that moment instead of yeah. just trying to manage and, and turn the ship ourselves necessarily and i yeah, don't think that's what you were saying at all no and it, yeah i think what we would call that is manufacturing there energy, you go right there yeah no go. and i yep. i don't i don't think that's what we're trying to do i think it sometimes it's literally a matter of um recognizing recognizing attention by calling it out could be one way to do it but sometimes it's just it's just being able to um uh to recognize that we we all feel or are experiencing this thing that's happening, um, whether it's a, a sadness, um, like this kind of mm. cloud over the room, um, and that's okay, like because yes, that's how yeah. life is sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but but can we be reminded even at the the front end of uh, a conversation you're having in? Um, uh, in a coffee shop or whatever, you see you see that cloud over a person, right? And you're just able to kind of speak to that, acknowledge it, but then also say, speak but, life. But isn't the hope that we have in Christ so much better than mm-hmm. this? And this is back to what we said at the beginning: the sorrowful, sorrowful yet rejoicing. Yet right? Rejoicing. Um, there's a sorrow, there's a deep sorrow that comes sometimes in life situations, and you just see it on the faces of people. Um, but we know as Christians that there's also a deep hope that overcomes all sorrow. Um, and so while pain doesn't go away right now on this side of eternity, um, it, it can indeed be overcome. And I think Amen. that is, uh, uh, that's an important piece of this. So. Yeah. So I promised we would come back to this during self-regulation. You decided to not even look at the news story of the school shooting. Yeah. And we've talked multiple times in the past that, we live in a day and age where we are being bombarded by information at a rate that is that humanity has never seen before, and at least well, to our knowledge. It further, that we we were not built to know all these headlines and things that are going on, and yet the world, expectation right? is that we're professionals on every single issue yeah. and topic and news story that comes up, and that's just not real. Um, so that's self-regulating it's identifying i'm i'm in a in a very sensitive headspace right now or you know emotionally 
or maybe I need to stay focused and I, I, I need to control what I can control and I can't control that right now. And that's yeah. not something that, you know, my, the way I can control that is just to continue being love in my community and by following my appointments today and not getting the, get bogged down because emotional leakage is a real thing, man. When you, when you, I remember in the corporate world, we were, we had to get, go through training. And one of them was, you know, you're bringing your emotional issues from home into the work environment. And, um, we, we bring, you know, we, we set a tone everywhere we go. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's really good. Cause I, it, it also, that is true in, I, I don't, so we are really not trying to be a, uh, a Sunday centric um, family of churches, but when the gathered church is together, that's just like I love that space. So that's where my mind goes in these kind of settings. Yeah. So when good. you say when you say come to work, I would just say think about coming to church. Right. When we come to the church gathering, uh, whether it's um, here at Coalescence with Grace Collective, whether it's out at the AIM Building in Little Creek, or up in up in uh, OV with our old old school building up there, um, when you come to the gathering, part of your EQ, we'll call it your spiritual EQ, um, maybe, I don't know what that means, uh, you know what I'm getting at anyway, mm-hmm. part of your EQ that you bring to that space is readiness for worship. So I think the mature Christian, the person that's growing in their faith and has and is growing in their EQ um, is bringing to that space their worship coming prepared for worship. You, you know, we always use examples of, you know, yelling at each other in the car on the way to church and, you know, yelling at kids to get in the car so we can get there on time. Where's your shoes? Yes. <laughs> Why are you here with no shoes on? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get it. Uh, trust me, I get it. Um, it's it's so hard. My wife, a shout out to my wife, Katie, who has been bringing kids to church by herself for however old my kids are, you know, 14 yeah. and under. So, like... Um, she's just been, she's been a single mom on Sunday mornings for all these years, um, for the various duties that I've hmm. had to do. So like when I, um, when I have a special day, actually, uh, last week, um, I was able to, to ride to church with her and, uh, two weeks ago, I was able to ride to church together with everybody and, and it was refreshing. It was, it's weird. And she struggles with it actually, because I'm there and I can help. But she's in the mindset of, I got to do it all myself, do right? You? Well, and I know how to stay out of the way. So. Well, no, I'm sure you're helping, but it doesn't seem like helping. <laughs> that that's moment. it. Yep. That's it, yep. right? Because yep. so, she's done it so much by herself. Yep. And I got to be like, hey, hey, remember, I'm here. I'm here to help, right? But coming and bringing your worship is what I'm, what the point I'm trying Being to make. prepared. Being prepared, yeah. Not, so that's exactly going back to what we said a minute ago. It's, am I being intentional when I show up to things? Or am I being accidental? Am I, am I being proactive? to identify my tendencies? Am I being proactive to bring the right spirit or am I just showing up accidentally and being reactive? Yeah. Um, another part of this is uh, that I would just tag on is when you go to the gathering, we're all, I'm, this is on the fly, so correct this if it's wrong um, and give me grace later if we realize later and don't ever fix it. We'll see. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you go to either minister or be ministered to or both. Yeah. Right. And, and we need to have that mindset. Like it, it, do I need to be ministered to this morning or is that something that, you know, I can wait so that I'm, I'm being, I'm helping minister to others who are 
probably in a worse state than I am right now. I've, I, I've got a friend I can call later and they can come over or something. Yeah, no, that's a really good point. Just I to put others before yourself, but if you need ministering to, definitely come and r- seek somebody out. And that includes you if you're a small group leader, um, a ministry leader, somebody who's always working in kids and feels like you're always working in kids. You all, and, and as pastors, we come to the gathering feeling like we have to give everything we got and give it all away mm-hmm. um, and mm-hmm. minister to yeah. people. Mm. But I've, mm. I've only recently been learning how to be ministered to okay. as a minister in those environments. And it really does... Um, uh, it brings a fullness and a um, a satisfaction to being together with the body, because if you just come feeling like you got to give and give and give and give and give, then you're p- kind of putting yourself in the place of the Spirit yep. or in the place of Jesus, right? Right. Like he's the one that gives, yep. and um, uh, and if I'm the only one that can give, then I, I gotta, I just gotta get myself out of the way somehow. And so, I've only in the last couple of years have I started to realize. Okay, I'm coming to give a lot of myself. I go home exhausted on a Sunday afternoon if I'm preaching. Sure, um, but I've also learned how to how to come and receive something from people and just receive encouragement and receive um, just blessing from folks. Yeah. That um, it just it makes you fall further in love with your church family. You know, what, what was that process like? What was what was that transition? What brokenness? Self awareness, right? This is self awareness. Yeah. So yeah, what? I mean, it, well, it was a, it was a brokenness. So like going into sabbatical in twenty twenty two years ago mm. from now, um, it was like I'm at the end of myself. Literally, I can't do anything. I can't. I don't have anything else to ring out and nothing else to give. And so um, coming back from sabbatical. I think I told you this before, but I've I got up in the in the pulpit a couple of weeks in, um, and it was like PTSD. Like I was not ready to preach, Ouch. and so thankfully Brad Odell was there, and he took the mantle for preaching about seventy five percent of the time. So yep. three out of four weeks, Brad was preaching, and I would preach one all through the fall of that year. And it wasn't until um, the beginning of the next year, beginning of January or so, that I started to kind of get back in about 50% of the time, and Brad and I shared it quite a bit. And and in that space where I was, um, I was the the pastor, but I was being ministered to because the word was being preached, and I was able to sit and receive it, take my notes, check my spirit, and work it work it out with other people. Um, that was ministering to my own soul, and I learned how to be a student again. Yeah, because I was always the teacher. Like yeah. I was always the one giving it out, and I felt like um, there was just that season where I needed to to pull back. Well, I didn't I really. Again, I didn't have a choice because I was not ready to preach. So pulling back, realizing that, and saying, "Okay, now nowadays, now, two years later, I'm in a, a lot healthier place, and it's like I want to." If I'm preaching that day, I want to give everything I got, ring it all out like I possibly can. But at the same time, um, not jet out of there and go home or whatever, um, but receive the feedback, receive the encouragement from people. Um, oftentimes it happens even before the service where I'm, I'm, somebody will check in with me and maybe they just want me to pray because they're hurting or they're sick or something. Um, and, and that stuff used to suck the life out of me. 
back in my unhealthier time. And now um, it, it gives me life to encourage somebody else and to receive encouragement from others. Yes. Um, and uh, yeah, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing that the Lord, I think, allows to happen yeah. um, in the life of a minister, in the life of people. Um, he allows this stuff, guys. It's it's not... Um, uh, it's God, not complete God's job negligence. Is, yeah, God, God's job is not to protect you from everything difficult. In fact, it's to allow you to go through difficult things in order to more experience the need of Him. Yeah. All right, and that's really where, where this all came up. Yeah, and then uh, so the difficulty for ministers um, on Sunday mornings is to think I've got to be I've got to wear that minister hat the whole time and uh, and I'm the only one that has that's wearing that hat and so it's in our best interest to multiply and equip the body yeah. to do the work of caring as we care so that we're coming alongside one another and you're not the only one that's able to teach you're not the only one that's able to care for people and now that responsibility has been shared and spread amongst the people so we can we can cover more ground and guess what everybody's healthier yeah and if i can speak uh, if there's any leaders and pastors potential church planters listening um my goodness if you go to plant a church essentially on your own without somebody else that can also teach and preach on a Sunday. I think you're making a big mistake because, well, the person doesn't have to be, um, you know, you don't have to share 50 50 there. If there needs to be, I'm, I believe that I believe in point leadership. I believe it's important that somebody has to be the final one to make a decision on something. But at the same time, um, sharing that pulpit will give you longevity. Yeah. Um, and I think that's, I think it's just different today. I just think that there's a pressure on, on pastors and church leaders today, especially in the urban settings um, for, in a, for a myriad of reasons, whether it's just pressure to succeed or grow the church or, um, you know, uh, bring in what needs to be brought in. I, I don't know, but if you're doing that by yourself, I think you're making a big mistake. Um, so even after I came back, um, like I said, Pastor Brad was here. Um, he has he has since gone on, um, not to glory, but to uh, <laughs> Notre Dame with his wife. So, um, I mean, a lot of people would call that glory. Yeah, but some that's folks. Fine. Uh, not me. Not as a ACC guy. I don't know, um, man. Rudy was such a good movie. <laughs> like, how are you not a just a natural fan? Yeah, I if don't you know. Caught that at like seven years old. Yeah, uh, I'm just not. I <laughs> I've never because I've been a Penn State guy, so I never never liked. Notre Dame, um, and of course UNC as well. So, well, I had a Notre Dame starter jacket when I was in middle school. So. <sighs> Man, you'll was it the to, pullover? To, or the yeah, it was a pullover. Oh, it was the a flap in the front. Yeah. Flap. Okay. It was a Christmas gift. Nice. I, we couldn't afford anything like that, but there it was on Sunday morning from Grandma, Grandpa, and wow. man, you're gonna have to take this whole conversation up with eight-year-old John. <laughs> okay, <laughs> we'll do that later. Um, but so shared responsibility. Yeah, yeah. So now I have Pastor Jordan that um, that is able to share that with me as well, and that's it's just it's just huge. And that's all I'm saying as far as the church planner and pastor would go. Like, Such a good word, man. Share the share yes. the teaching load yes. because you're going to need it. Yep. You're going to need to be ministered to as well. Yep. So uh, that's that's one of the beauties and and benefits of neighborhood churches we're able to share that 
every single week. And um, we're blessed to have guys that are willing to teach, able to teach, and do a great job at it. But we go through uh, the uh, one, two, three, or three-thirds model, looking back, looking up, looking forward, and asking good questions of the scriptures as we go through it together. Um, but that's shared leadership um, that's really, really healthy yeah. and uh, biblical. Yeah. Yeah, totally agree. So let's um let's go through some quick tips to grow in uh, emotional intelligence, um and we'll we'll buzz through these quickly. And um I, I just think if you're, again if you're taking notes, this is a great uh a great time to just write it down and then go look at it later. But um spend time in Bible study and prayer. Good Lord, um can we pick up our Bibles today? I mean I don't know what the stats are about the amount of people that read their Bible. Um, uh, Christians, I think I've heard the average they read it is like a handful of times a year, average Christians. Um, you, you are not going to grow in self-awareness and emotional intelligence by reading your Bible a few times a year yep. because you, you, the, the scriptures are speaking out the identity of Christ and who you are supposed to be, and it is a mirror to yourself of who you are not, but who you can be in Christ, yep. right? Yep. And if you're not doing that, um, man, it's just, it's uh, uh, it's going to be it a long points, It points, so instead of broccoli, it points out the logs in our eyes. Yeah, 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 that's good. So Bible study prayer, just basic discovery Bible study, um, you know, that's... Uh, uh, the sword method, kind of looking at um, how to how to work through a scripture or a text in that way. Um, there's a number of prayer acronyms that you can go out there if you're not used to prayer, you don't know how to pray. Acts is probably one of the more popular ones. Adoration, confection, confection, confection like the oven. No, that'd be confession. <laughs> yep. Um, yep. Adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. Supplication is just asking for needs. Um, Another tip. So that's one. Spend time in Bible study and prayer. Okay. The second one, uh, I want you to give that one, John. Discover your personality. Um, and there's plenty of different resources on the web uh, that are personality assessments or spiritual gifts assessments. Um, but just this goes back to the understanding your wiring mm -hmm. as well. And uh, also, you can go back to episode three and check that one out. Uh, we talk a lot about gifting. We talk a lot about... Uh, how to use our gifts and uh, just our, our wiring and makeup. Which Robbie told us today is actually our um, most listened to episode so far. So people are clearly interested in learning about their spiritual gifts or they're just really interested in Pastor Caleb. Um, one of the. It's got to be it. All right. One of the. <laughs> All right. So if you're serving at a local church, um, this is. Another tip to grow in your EQ. If you're serving in a local church, first of all, just know and love the mission, vision, values of that church, wherever it happens to be, whichever church it happens to be in, um, so that it informs all of you, all the things that you do, right? Mm -hmm. um, aspects of this include just being on time. Like, you know what you what what you're saying when um, when you're late for things. I don't really ever know what I'm saying. Uh, well, what you're saying when you are late for something is that my time is more important than yours. 
And um, ouch, yeah, I actually saw. Uh, I think it was Tina Fey on Thirty Rock one time, or one of her new sh- one of her shows. Um, she she walked into a meeting and she literally said, uh, "Hi, sorry I'm late, but my time is just more important." <laughs> yep, 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 yep. I think I've seen that clip. <laughs> I was yep. like, "Yes, yep. that's exactly what." That you know means. what I learned at KU basketball camp from my coach um, Jared Hass. Um, Shout out to Jared Haas. What up, Jared? I don't um, know you, but what up? He wrote a book called Floor Burns, and he was just like the sixth man, uh, and he was always the hustler. He said, early is on time, on time is late, and if you're late, just don't even show up. And the athletes took that very literally. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Except for not showing up. We showed up, and uh, just, we ran. just ran. Right? We <laughs> ran the stairs yeah. multiple times because so kids were late. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but that's the that's the intentionality aspect too, right? Going back to in, intentional or accidental. Yeah. So being on time, just be prepared. What if you're there to serve on a Sunday or serve on a Wednesday, whatever, um, and uh, or serve at a small group? Um, be prepared. Bring your meal that you were asked to bring, and um, do it with joy, yeah. right? Uh, even if yeah. it is stopping at KFC on the way and grabbing that mac and cheese, you know, um, <laughs> just do it. Just do it well. Uh, do they serve mac and cheese that early in the morning? Oh, I'm talking about small group. Oh, okay. All right. All right. My bad. My bad. My bad. Um, <laughs> Although that'd be so. Those I, are I could eat some mac and cheese any time of day, man. I, I'm telling you. Look, I we're taking a lot of uh, fun rabbit trails on this. We one, are, but, um, we are. but it's but it's a lot of fun. Um, do you uh, eat your mac and cheese with applesauce? When I was a child, I did childish things. <laughs> Yeah, well, I have lots of childs uh, at home, so I still have applesauce all the time. And um, I back in the day, about that back in the day, it was actually really good. My grandmother taught me, and my mom uh, reiterated it. Um, you put applesauce on top of no. your mac and cheese. No, it's just got to be kind of mixed in. They got to no. be sides that are conjoined on the plate, and you just kind of scoop a little bit like Indian no. food. That's not a perfect bite scenario. That is not. Yeah. Uh, that all right. is not at all. All right. Um, I'll, I'll try it. Try it. All right. If you're listening, try it as well. Um, you will be blessed. I promise. <laughs> um, so folks, those are those are yeah. really 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 quick tips. Yeah, very quick very tips. Quick tips. Spend time Bible study and prayer. Discover yeah. your own personality and spiritual gifts. And if you're serving at the local church, just love and be bought into the mission vision values yeah. that yeah. they serve. Be so prepared. let me let's do this. Um, let's go down to this little fun section for a moment. Let's take a break from the heady stuff. Yeah, this is and uh, it's been. <laughs> I've had a lot of fun with it actually. Yep. Um, but I just want to take a let's take a brain break for a second. All right. Good. Okay, so I want to know uh, what has been on your Spotify, iTunes, whatever podcast, something that you've been listening to lately. What you've been listening to? Yeah, blues rock. Yeah, stuff. Yeah, JJ Gray and Mofro is good. He's actually going to be in town next month for free at a concert at the Oceanfront. Um, come check out JJ Gray and Mofro. Dude's dude's got a voice and some killer guitar skills. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Um. For me, I want to hear some more about the blues. Give me some others right now. What are some other blues uh, guys? It's just a, a lot of old school stuff, too. Okay. Like, um, So I put together a summer 22 playlist, and it's got a lot of uh, like Charles Bradley, Stevie Ray Vaughan, Beach Boys. But So it's a weird eclectic mix of like old school summer vibes and then just like good, chilling, 
blues riffs and some rock riffs, mm-hmm. the the oldies and goodies, you know. Every time a Stevie Ray Vaughan like YouTube video or something comes up through my either feed or just suggested, tempting, thing, isn't it? it? I just click on it and yep. I just, just sit back for a moment. Right, that watching that dude. It, one of the greatest. Oh my goodness! Yeah, one of the greats. So amazing. Uh, for me, um, and I've been listening to what I would uh, affectionately call real country. Say um, so. So I'm not. I'm not a fan at all of like the modern country scene. Like it's just not my jam at all. Okay. Um, it's weird, I know, but like, so we've talked about '90s hip hop. We've talked about a lot of different genres of music that I think we know and love. Um, another thing I've been listening to a lot is like old Baptist hymns. Um, mm. Like I love that old style as well. Um, but when I say real country, I'm talking like outlaw, old school, however you want to call it. You know, yeah. Um, yeah. So some old George Jones, um, that kind of deal. Uh, some modern guys that actually are pretty good. Uh, Morgan Wallen is pretty good. Tyler uh-huh. Childers. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Sturgill Simpson. Yep. Uh, Coulter Wall is kind of an older guy, but he's got a Johnny Cash kind of feel yep. to him. Is he? I thought he was yeah. newer. I mean, he's he's an older gentleman, um, oh. but he's... Uh, well, I thought he was new and young. <laughs> he's not young. I don't think so. His yeah. voice is old. It. Yes, man, it is. But he, it is. I think he, that's what surprised me about Coulter Wall is because yeah. he's new up-and-coming guy, a little younger, but he's got a ageless voice. Yeah, absolutely. And I just, I don't know, man. I, I think it's just the storytelling. Mm-hmm. Um, they talk about real-life things, you know, and real-life struggles. A lot of it is real. Is can be kind of dark. You know, uh, especially the outlaw versions of it. You know, um, but again, it, it just makes you think about um, <laughs> hard life. You know, and back yeah. to the sorrow piece. You know, yeah. and uh, not shying away from sorrow. Um, nothing against positive encouraging, but at the same time, like um, positive encouraging isn't always real. You yeah. know, um, I yeah. think that's just the yeah. truth. So, so we have uh, we've created a behind open doors Spotify playlist that John and I have contributed to with some of these things that we just mentioned. Um, has a good selection of the music, and and uh, we'll maybe even make an extra one for for podcasts that we're listening to. Hmm. But if you go to the podcast page on multiplythechurch.com slash podcast, um, you can check this episode, and you'll see the links, uh, episode six. And um, if you want to risk it out there on Spotify. Um, Robbie's cracking up over here. Uh, we, you know, if we're really truly behind open doors, we need to let people in on what we affectionately call this podcast behind uh, the scenes. It was accidental, not intentional. It was definitely accidental, but we call it the Bod Pod. The Bod Pod. <laughs> behind open doors. Could podcast. should be the Dad Bod Pod. <laughs> no, but, no. You know, uh, but if you want to search. Bod Pod Mix on Spotify. You can find it as well. Um, but that's uh, that's what we're listening to right now and today. And um, uh, I hope you are encouraged by that. So um, let's let's jump back into some of these pathways to leading self. All right, um, we'll go through some of these steps quickly uh, because um, I do. I have uh, another kind of. Uh, we'll call it a, a support topic um, to this that um, is not a full-on topic, but I think it's something to that's kind of an application of what it means to lead yourself. Okay. Right? So we'll go through these steps or these pathways to leading self. Uh, step one, we would say be authentic, like who you are in Christ, a, a healthy follower of Jesus. Your first step to leading yourself is 
knowing and beginning with your identity, mm-hmm. and specifically as Christians, once again, your identity in Christ. Because when we find that out, um, we grow in our incompetency. You know, our confidence, our confidence increases, and um, and and really, this is is huge because one of the greatest pitfalls for for people in general, and especially leaders, is self preservation and ego. Yep. Yep. And so, just grounding that identity in Christ um, releases us from. Uh, from fear of others, it causes um, uh, either apathetic or domineering leadership, which, as we know now, yeah, is okay. uh, uh, is terribly harmful um, in the yeah. body of Christ. I, right? I was just having a conversation with a guy last night getting drinks, and he said um, that it seems like there's a balance that we can either become too domineering, too egotistical, or on the other end of that spectrum is too apathetic and too lazy and not implicating ourselves in the in the problem, therefore not being a part of the solution. So when we lead ourselves, we have to understand, um, how am I being apathetic in these scenarios? Am I standing by? Am I, is it just the meh mentality? Mm, meh. Yeah. You know, Caleb loves that one. <laughs> yeah. uh, I remember one of the first times I came here, he, he, that was the title of one of his messages. Yeah. Um, and, and so he, he has great things to say about that. Hit him up, Little Creek, about um, just understanding who we are and calling ourselves up um, into, into that space where we're being proactive and, uh, we're not getting in, we're not falling um, prey to self-preservation or ego. And so there's questions that we can ask from these. And um, yeah. so this first one for the first step, being authentic, understanding our identity in Christ. Um, the question is, who, what is my relationship with the Lord? Uh, how, how is it? Do I realize and have I really done the work to understand what it means to be a son and daughter of the God most high. Mm. Um, that I'm, I've been adopted. I've been forgiven. I've, I'm an heir now to all of his um, treasures yeah. and, and love. Yeah. So that's, yeah, that's, that's, a, that's, those are good questions to ask yourself. Uh, do I understand what adoption as a son or daughter of the Lord is or from the Lord is? Yeah. Good step. That's step one. Be authentic. Know who you are in Christ. Step two, commit to personal growth. All right. Um, now this is spiritual, emotion, emotional, and yes, even physical. Um, personal growth, committing to personal growth, and, and establishing for yourself um, not just uh, not just kind of random values that you think are good, but but truly gospel-centered values for your life as a believer. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, values like humility and generosity and uh, courage or toughness, if, if, if you need that. Um, uh, letting your yes be yes and your no be no and being okay with that. Being okay with, you know, sometimes you might hurt somebody's feelings, but, um, but you've made the right decision, yep. you know, and uh, that's important. And of course, growing in self-awareness. So that commitment to personal growth um, is the second step that we would call a pathway to leading yourself. So what's Amen. the question that we might ask in that regard then, John? What are my tendencies that lead to actions that ultimately lead to my realities? So I, I mentioned, yeah. uh, I foreshadowed this uh, a while back, but uh, what are my tendencies in different c- circumstances? And then log those. Literally take the time to write down, how, how am I acting? What is the reality of my situation? What do people see? What do they hear when I do this? And what do I want 
to do? What do I want to say? How do I want to do it and say it so that other people can, um, can experience a, um, a healthy reality. Yeah. Not an unhealthy one. Yeah. That's good. Step so three, bro. Commit to personal growth is step two. Be authentic is step one. Step three is to find a mentor or what we would call a discipler, mm-hmm. right? Find somebody that can mentor, disciple you. So listen, this is not, I said A, but maybe it's better to say find mentors and mm-hmm. disciplers. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you, yep. you, you cannot only have one. You'll wear them out and you'll lose them. <laughs> you wear, you yep. wear them out, you'll yep. lose them, you'll yep. be the self-unaware person, you yep. know, trying to yep. get some, something out of somebody. But now, in all seriousness, like, because nobody is Jesus, um, and hopefully the people you're pursuing are all trying to find Christ, and they're going to do it in different ways. So learn how they're doing it, and then learn how the next guy is doing it or gal. Learn how the next person is doing it, mm-hmm. and have old dead mentors that you read yes. it, read about or yes. read with, and then have uh, have a, a mentor that you might never meet in this life mm-hmm. that is helping you um, mm-hmm. in through a podcast or whatever the case may be. But um, but but do have face-to-face mentorship and discipleship as well, right? Can you have too many? Uh, that's a great question. I think so. I, I think I think you can. I think Go you ahead. can. Yeah, yeah, I think... Because um, you don't want to be that person that's running from... like you, it's, right. They're not necessarily a mentor. You're just one of those people that shares information, like deep personal information with everybody. Yeah, I think that happens naturally. Like, I think when you're younger, especially in leadership, but um, in your faith as well, you're trying to just learn from everybody. You're trying to get information. I want to get all that I possibly can. And then you start to kind of whittle that down. You find out, okay, this person, uh, either they just don't like me or they're not, we don't really connect well. And Mm so I appreciate all they've done, but it's time to move on from that person. I'm going to focus on these few people. And it kind of whittles itself down over time. Um, But... I think, uh, yeah, I think it's wise to try to, you know, cast a wide net and then and then pull that back over time. Um, That's really good. Uh, I think it's important. So. Yeah. All right. So step three, finding that mentor and or discipler. Yeah. The so, question there is who who do you trust to point out the broccoli in your teeth okay. or hold up the mirror to you? Back to the broccoli. Yep. Yeah. Good stuff. Um, and step four is something that I think. Every believer ought to, by the way, when I say those kind of things, I'm not making these hyperbolic statements. I I truly believe these are the kind of things that the scriptures are calling us to as Christians. So when I say step four, becoming a disciple maker um, is something that all Christians ought to be aspiring to. Yeah. Right, and so I mean, we're all called to make disciples of all nations. That was not just the call to um, to the disciples of Christ on the mount before He left them. Um, it was the call that transcends down to us to make disciples. Right, mm-hmm. so we have to become disciple makers. You know, and I think the first step to this is, I think, a word of encouragement: you can do it. Yeah. You you got this. Like it is not as complex as people make it out to be. Sometimes yeah. it's just following. It's just uh, getting someone to sit with you while you pray and, and hear you pray out loud. Sometimes it's, um, it's you know, 
leading in a small group and then letting somebody else ask the questions. Um, you know, it's, it's basic stuff. Sometimes it's a ride to Lowe's while you're picking up tools and just talking about life. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so many different aspects of this and it doesn't have to be hard. We've got tools, we've got pathways, we've got all the stuff that you can think of just to make things a little bit easier and accessible with things that you might not know about. But when it comes down to it, most true lasting discipleship, it happens on a life-on-life, yep. organic kind of level. Yep. And I think that's worth mentioning at the uh, really at the core of this step four here. Amen. Amen. Um, the other piece is that, you know, as long as we're <laughs> a few days or weeks ahead, yeah. you can disciple someone else. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, you, don't, you don't have to, you know, be qualified if you're abiding in Christ. And, uh, and you're learning, then you can teach someone else. Yeah. So the question here is, what expectations do we have of the people we're making disciples of? Do we expect them to be um, a, a brand new person after a week? Um, so we just need to write our expectations. And um, is it realistic? Is it healthy? Um, and we may lack confidence um, because we've created this idea that a person that I make a, a disciple of needs to be the most perfect Christian who's reading their Bible like Luther did and praying as long as, uh, you know, Augustine did, uh, and then able to preach a sermon as great as Charles Spurgeon did. But again, getting hyperbolic with it, what, what is a reality check as far as a person that we're doing life with? As long as there's slow growth, um, man, it, it's, it's quite likely we don't see it day in and day out. Yeah. All right. That's good. So step one, be authentic, be who you are in Christ. Step two, commit to personal growth. Step three, find mentors or disciplers to pour into you. Step four, become a disciple maker. Yeah. Is it realistic or healthy? Exactly. Yeah. Yep. So let's, uh, let's pause for a moment and listen to this ad. As this year's Multiply Project winds down, there is still time to turn in your pledges or give a one-time amount to advance the mission of God with the Multiply family of churches. Just go to multiplythechurch.com, and there you will find the giving links to this year's project. We are in year four of the Multiply Project, and God has done some amazing things in and through our family of churches. Three churches, two coffee shops, one school, all under the umbrella of the Multiply family. We leverage business as mission in order to reach people far from God in all areas of life. And we plant churches in places where the gospel has not yet taken root. We believe God has called us to grow a family of 40 churches by 2030, by His grace and with His help. So consider giving to the Multiply Project this year. Your gifts are of course tax deductible, but more importantly, they go directly to the efforts of multiplying disciples, leaders, and new churches. Okay, before we land the plane, as it were, in this episode, episode six, um, we want to make sure that we cover a, uh, another piece of this um, self-leadership that I think is important that needs to be brought to light. Um, I want to talk about boundaries for a second. Yeah. Um, because, uh, you know, we talk a lot and look at passages like the end of Acts 2, the end of Acts 4, where everybody had all things in common, and, um, and we're, we're all living for the sake of other people, and we say those kind of things a lot. And I think it's 
primarily because we don't see it happening a lot. When I say we, I mean like church leaders, you and me, people that emphasize that kind of first century growth of the church. Um, we, we say those things a lot because we don't see it a lot in our churches and in our culture in mm-hmm. general, right? Mm-hmm. It's, um, it's so we're the try- ideal, and it's the one place and anywhere we exactly. see the ideal being a reality. Exactly, and we want to swing that pendulum to say, no, we need to be in community, life on life, with people, because Americans are just hyper-individualized, right? Yeah. Um, but at the same time, <laughs> while we want to be in community, in community and communal with the body of believers, um, we have to also set boundaries with our families, um, with our, especially if, if you're married, um, and if you're single too. I mean, it, it doesn't matter. You have got to have time and space mm-hmm. where it's you and your family, you and the Lord, and being able to, to say no and know how to say no within those boundaries. Because I think what we do is we get super busy um, with really good things, and, or, and maybe we become overloaded even with really good things, and we end up crossing what we might call healthy boundaries, um, professionally and personally, honestly. Yeah. So um, it's setting priorities, right? Yeah. Um, and we've got the five circles of influence. The, we've got self, family, friends, and church would be in there, work, coworkers, and community at large. And so what are the boundaries that I need to set for myself? What can I say yes to myself to, and what should I say no to myself to? Maybe I shouldn't be playing six hours of video games after I get home from work to unwind because what? I have a family. Um, so... What are what in, in what circle of influence am I gonna tell myself no, or am I gonna be able to tell others no to? And I think those boundaries, maybe like underneath of that it, or alongside of it, it's priorities. What am I gonna prioritize? What's most important? What needs to get done? And and making sure that as I'm taking care of my responsibilities, I'm doing so in such a way that I'm stewarding my time and resources that I've got time for other people to say yes to, that, that I need to say yes to, yeah, or that it, it's best to say yes to. Mm-hmm. Man, uh, you just you said something that sparked a whole slew of images in my head, but um, <laughs> maybe a question to ask oneself is, when's the last time I told myself no? Mm. Uh, or how often do I tell myself no? Um, now there's probably some people out there like, ah, oh, I, I say no to myself all the time. I feel like I'm constantly pouring out for other people, and that, that might be true. Um, but in doing so, you're saying yes to other people, uh, and you're you're saying you're not saying yes to yourself. Um, and again, if you can't, if there's no self care. Um, in your life, then, uh, then there's not going to be any others care, um, Mm. in your life, you know? And so, um, yeah, I I just think being able to set those boundaries by saying, uh, saying no to yourself sometimes, um, well, I'll go back to the self-regulation or self-control piece of this, which is, 
an attribute that all Christians are, are should be working towards, a better self-control. We see that in the uh, fruit of the Spirit. We mm-hmm. see that in the qualifications of uh, elders and church leaders. Um, a self-control is actually mentioned explicitly as something to have. And so um, that's part, part of that is telling yourself no. Mm-hmm. So like, no, you don't need that extra drink. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Right? Um, no, you don't need that extra helping, uh, that extra plate yep. of food. Yep. No, I don't, I say, I say you, but no, I, I should yep. probably say, right? No, yeah. I don't need that extra drink. No, I don't need that extra plate of food. No, I don't need to turn on the game console today. Yeah. Um, and I, I've done this in the past too, where and sometimes now, but like where I almost play games with myself and it's like, um, how do I deny myself of the things that I want to do when I could very easily do them? You know, um, whether uh, we'll just use, uh, uh, I don't play hardly any video games nowadays, but like, um, before I had kids, I had, I loved NASCAR games or a football game Mm. or something like that, you know? And, and there were times though, I just remember being like, you know what? No, I'm not doing that today because I want to prove to myself that I can do it. Yeah. Right. Or no, you know, I'm not going to have that extra drink because I want to prove that to myself that I can say no right you know what i'm saying i did that this morning you did. it was eight o'clock i knew i had to be here at nine i was trying to do too much and i was just like nope gotta jump in the shower get dressed and get down there yeah and, and you look I, great today i could have well thank you know this <laughs> it's easy to rock a uh yeah anyways <laughs> thanks yeah absolutely absolutely so saying no i've got, I've got the eric sherwood dress coat on with the jeans and flip-flops yeah um yeah i feel Good. great Good. Yeah. Yeah, I, I do. I, I don't have to wear a collar today, so I'm excited about Amen. life today for sure. Um, Catholic collar? <laughs> <laughs> yes, All exactly. Right. Right. Exactly. Um, it's a tuxedo t-shirt. <laughs> so boundaries. Um, let's talk about some like professional boundaries. I guess but it, this could apply across the board, and we're not talking about necessarily ministry here, but... Um, Set the boundaries so that people know your day off is your day off. Now, this is really hard to do if you own a business or something like that. Everything relies on you. Yep. But as far as I see it in Scripture, um, we're commanded to Sabbath. We're commanded to rest. Um, and ideally, and of course, most importantly, rest in Christ. Um, but that, I think, means taking off one day a week at least to um to pull back from your normal routine yes and um i realize it's not necessarily controllable if you're in the navy or something like that and you've got uh particular um things that you have to do i get it um but even the navy knows you need to rest sometimes and they give you those days off so take the days yeah yeah what's what's a struggle is when you're like the um it's either a service member or like the laborers in south india when they have to work six days a week and the one day off they have to do all their chores for the week they got to wash everything they gotta they gotta get ready again and just manage everything that day run all the errands go grocery shopping so but yeah so that's tough but try try as hard as you can to get those moments because like you said about the sabbatical if you're not being filled up then you're going to get to a point over a long term that you have nothing to give yourself 
or to other people. Yeah, that's definitely true. And I think some of the things you can do kind of leak leaking over into the personal side of this, um, uh, <laughs> set a schedule for yourself, um, in your personal life. And even if you have to schedule in your Bible reading and prayer, mm. um, that's okay. Yep. Set a schedule and, but also don't let your schedule own you. And certainly don't let somebody else's schedule own you. Yeah. Yep. Right. Um, what is it? How does the, how does the, um, the saying go like your, um, uh, your problem doesn't it doesn't make your the urgency of your problem or your mistake doesn't make your problem urgent on my part. Yeah, so like so I, I know this uh because of someone near and dear to my heart, I won't I won't out them, but my mother always used to say, an emergency <laughs> on your part does not necessarily constitute an emergency on my part. Yeah. Which a uh, 35-year-old mom and a however old you are I, I was, uh, she absolutely was right to be thinking that. Yeah. And to be teaching me that. I learned that. Yeah. Freaking out. Absolutely. Yeah. Because in your head, in, as a 15-year-old or as even you know, as a 40-year-old, it's like, um, you know, in my head, my problem is the most important thing that needs to be answered right now. <laughs> yes. Yes. But it's not necessarily John's most important thing. You get right so, now, so blinded yeah. by the problem or the issue at hand that you you lose all peripheral vision of the rest of life. Yeah. Yeah. And I uh, I wrote this down as I was kind of working through this and prepping for this. Um this this speaks to the the boundaries piece in the context of community. Allow some people in at all times, allow all people in at set times. Word. So what I mean by that is some, first of all, what do I mean? Allow some people in at all times. There's a core group of people in your life that should be noted on your phone as important contacts so that when you're on Do Not Disturb, they get through anyway. That's right. And if you're married, that's your spouse. Um, and maybe one other person. Yep. At the most, two, right? So at the yep. most, there's three people that are able to, to call in at any time uh, for any purpose. So let's allow some people in at all times. Allow all people in at set times. So um, people kind of know, like, I'm, I have kind of business hours of the church are when I'm mostly available to people on a, on a normal Sunday uh, attendance kind of basis, right? Um, so those folks know that they can um, either email uh, me or uh, somebody at the church to, to set up a time to meet with me, whatever the case may be, but I'm not answering that call at 6 p.m. at the dinner table right. with my family. I'm Boundaries. just not. I'm just not doing it. That yep. is my boundary that I'm setting. Priorities. And, um, you know, I, I am not an on-call physician i'm not an on-call um you know psychotherapist i'm i am a person who uh is the shepherd of these people um and i i do know by the way but my there are my staff they can call me at any time now and i might elders. not i might not yeah, yeah and elders yeah. i might not answer at 6 p.m um but if i do get a text after dinner and i look at it and hey i need to talk to you right now mm -hmm. i'm probably going to pick up the phone and call them yeah right? absolutely um but at the same time, uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be a pretty, that they know, like we kind of respect each other's time in yeah, that way. And yeah. I think that's important. Yep. 
So um, those things are important. So the the all piece might be your your oikos. So I would say tell people your boundaries, set those boundaries, and stick to those boundaries. Mm-hmm. Like that is kind of the 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 key to this is uh, say it out loud. <laughs> um, you know, uh, be okay with saying to somebody face to face. I'm not going to talk about that right now. Hmm. I can't talk about that right now. Or I have to go. I don't have space and time or, for that yeah. right now. You know? Hey, I would I would love to have this conversation with you. I, I don't have the the time to do that right now, uh, adequately and well. So let's schedule a time to have that convo right. Yeah. And back to the self awareness piece, having the awareness not just for yourself, but for others. So yeah. Knowing other people's boundaries is important as well, right? And so yes. you're not stepping into a space that is uh, not um, uh, not accepted or not um, allowed. So, hmm. yeah, because I, I say that because man, we we can. I'll say it harshly and kind of back off of it. So Hit me. we can we can help people to death when helping hurts. Right. Hmm. And uh, and it helping can hurt you. And it sounds so selfish to say that. But went back to the self-care part of this, like if you're constantly pouring yourself out, um, you're doing no good for yourself in the long run. Yeah. Um, you will be burnt out. Yeah. You need the time with uh, those who are closest with you again, between you and the Lord. Um, and uh just not spending too much time focused on on the good things at the sacrifice of the best things. Right? Yes. You know, we talked about that yeah. earlier. Yeah. So that's good. Um good yeah, thing. and that's that's um that's the key. We uh, we see it all the time in the corporate world, we see it all the time in politics, we see it all the time in church. And maybe I'm speaking with too many generalities here, but a lot, a lot of the times it seems like we spend our resources focused on the good things at the sacrifice of the best things, like you just said. Yeah. And, and it, again, boundaries, priorities, be willing uh, to say no and be willing to say yes. Yeah. And be filled up so that you can minister uh, to yourself and to others so that you're allowing yourself. That's, a, that's the part of reading the scriptures, leading yourself. You're allowing yourself to be ministered to by yourself. Yeah. or by the Lord, or by someone else. And uh, it's out of that overflow that we're able to give to others in a healthy way. Yeah, amen. Well, we are uh, we're at about 5,000 feet landing the plane here. I thought you were um, going to say 5,000 so, minutes. Um, but <laughs> no, no, not that. No, okay. um, this has been fun. I've enjoyed it. It's been it. great. It's gone um, by. So yeah. let's uh, let's talk about some resources. Yeah. Let's get right into um, just the resource roundup. Uh, what, what we got for resources today that we can share? Sure. So there's a there's a leadership article that Google put together. It's called Project Aristotle. Check that out. We'll put it on our website. And uh, another one that I'm going to have up on the website is something that I've um, been doing uh, recently. It's leadership coaching and consulting and just helping out um, from from um biblical principles or perspectives, uh, taking that and transforming it into a corporate world mentality of leadership. So essentially taking Jesus style of leadership and philosophy of leadership and expanding that to the world. And how much greater would it be if your boss at work led like Jesus led? 
or if you're a leader at your job or in the, in the military, whatever it is, um, understanding yourself is the first and, and, and greatest importance in order to lead others. And so this is what the leadership coaching that, that I've started um, doing uh, for a, a company uh, and individuals is for. It's called Giant Leadership. Um, go to www.giant.tv forward slash slinker. And there's a five voices assessment. It's essentially a pest, um, but it goes deeper into personality and your wiring. A lot of the stuff you heard me say today, I'm getting from this leadership coaching and uh, I'm becoming way more self-aware. Um, take that. And if you, if you use that code, that link, then I'll be able to catch up with you and we can talk about what you found. It's free. Go check it out. It's a free resource. And uh, not only will you be able to learn more about you and your voice in teen dynamics and leading yourself better, but you'll be able to learn about others and lead them better as well. Good stuff. Um, I just have a couple things. I, I mentioned already the Self-Aware Leader by um, Terry Linhart. Uh, yeah. It's definitely one. Um, and then uh, John Maxwell has actually written a couple things. Uh, also has yeah. one called The Self-Aware yeah. Leader. But uh, there's a Self-Improvement 101 tiny little book that he has. It's um, those, that little series that he did, the 101 series, um, yeah. is super helpful. The, I super got practical stuff. One of the first ones I ever read was Relationships 101. That was money. Yeah, yeah it was great. Good. All right, one last segment. Fun one. Here we go. Did you know? Did you know? Do you remember that segment on SportsCenter back in the day? I don't know what about you, but I would like wait around to the end of the SportsCenter yes, show very in last. the late 90s. Absolutely. Um, it was always that did you know segment, yep. and um, I couldn't miss it. You know, I'm a sucker for good, obscure facts. So we're going to introduce that segment here uh, like behind it. open doors. Creatively, we're going to call this Did You Know? Did you know? So, John. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Good. <laughs> I like it. Did you know that grapes light on fire in the microwave? Did you know that? No. Okay. I did not know that. So, someone found this out back in 2011, apparently. I'm going to have to test this now. You know this. <laughs> in 2019, another person kind of figured out why. Apparently, the loose electrons and ions cluster into a plasma that catches on fire. A plasma? Yeah, this plasma catches on fire um, inside your microwave if you light if you cook a grape in the microwave. Nature is metal, right? Yeah, that's yeah. cool. <laughs> that's really cool. <laughs> what you I, got? Hit me. I, did you know the uh, Whopper Junior wrappers also light on fire in the microwave? Okay. There's foil on it. Don't do it. Oh yeah. Almost burn an apartment down. Okay. My did you know is, and I stole this from one of our other uh, brothers at Multiply, uh, Daniel. Uh, did you know that Cheez-Its have aged their cheese to hip-hop music? Wow. Or with hip-hop music. Hip music. So yeah. like it just yeah. like sits in the vibrations, I guess. And they the play music. So evidently the study goes, they tested... Like classical music, they tested rock music and and jazz and the 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 cheese '90s music '90s hip hop. 
is the best one. It has like evidently the they did taste tests and the one that came out was nineties hip hop. So <laughs> of gotta, course. You gotta represent I'm telling you, everything comes back to nineties hip hop. Man. I'm telling you. Yep. Six uh, degrees of nineties hip hop. Six <laughs> yep. <laughs> well, yep. exactly. I'm just wondering oh, how goodness. mature those Cheez Its are. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, All I'm right. a listener of 90s hip hop, and if you can't tell from this podcast, especially, yeah, we're still growing. We're we're still growing. We're uh, we're multiplying stay, our growth. Here. Stay kids at heart, right? Exactly. <laughs> well, <laughs> mac and cheese and applesauce. Come on, man. It's good stuff, man. I'm telling you. Yep. All right. Well, I guess it's time to close down the podcast. Probably for the best. Uh, but we want to remember that. The doors are always wide open here with the Multiply family, as you've noticed today. So uh, today is a reminder to multiply yourself. And if you want to multiply yourself, you got to know yourself. Yeah. Who are you as a follower of Christ and uh, growing as a leader of self? You've been listening to the Behind Open Doors podcast, where we take you behind the scenes, discovering what it takes to multiply disciples, leaders, and new churches. Let the word dwell richly in you, and may God multiply your efforts for the kingdom.